Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Relationship goals. This is for singles, dating, married, doesn't matter where you are. I'll tell you the truth. Um, when I was attending a church a bit like ours in, in the States, they, they, took, they spoke about all these types of topics. And I'd never heard this before, to be quite honest. They even got a little bit nitty-gritty. Nitty they used to say PG-13. I was kind of, that's kind of funny, but what do you mean? And then we, they spoke about it, and they spoke about topics that might, you might have never heard in church. And I don't think that's a right thing. I think that's a wrong thing. Um, because we're hearing all these things everywhere else, apart from the place we probably should hear in a healthy, God-fearing way. Um, and so, I, honestly, if I'm honest, going through those series has helped me massively prepare. Not, you know, prevent, prevention is much better than just trying to restore or recover. It's much better to prevent it or plan instead of having to fix what you could have prevented. Can I get an amen to that? And so I think that this is a bit of it, but in reality... We're all human. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. And so therefore, we all have something to do, probably. Uh, and so before we start, I want to make sure that we understand, um, you know, God did not come to condemn. He didn't send a condemner into the world to condemn us. He knew we were flawed. We were sinful. So we're, we're all going to have something that's going to catch us a little bit here, including me. We're all going to have something in, in this where we've fallen short. But God is a restorer as well. And he wants to restore that. And so the, the goal of this isn't to make you feel bad, isn't to make you um, go out of here thinking you're a failure. No, the goal of this is to, sh- to bring light to situations and then to say, hey, maybe God help me, guide me. What, what way can I navigate forward into your likeness, forward into more freedom uh, and trust in you? And really that's it to try and move us all forward. Can you get amen to that? So, let's start. <laughs> so, some of this material I got from Life Church uh, in Oklahoma, and I've kind of got a few different places, but most importantly, from the Bible. Okay, most importantly, from the Bible. Someone once said that marriage can be a blessing when it's a blessing. (laughs) And marriage can also not be a blessing when it's not a blessing. And I'm sure some of you know or experienced that or heard of some people that when it's not a blessing, it's a nightmare. It's a disaster. And when it is a blessing, when it works, it's really helpful. Things just work when it's functioning well. And so today's message is based around why marriages don't work. So let's start with the scripture. It says in Proverbs 18 and 22, it says, He who finds, a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. And all the women said, He's got to loosen up. You're going to have to loosen up here. And all the women said, Oh, gosh. So it's going to be a long morning. 
But then we have a flip scripture in the same, in the same book, in Proverbs, in nine, uh, chapter 19, verses 13. It says, A foolish child is a father's ruin, and a quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping of a leaky roof. <laughs> drip, drip, drip. There's plenty of drips from our roof here. <laughs> plenty of stains on the floor. Now, just to, to even it up, Guy once said, this is not in the Bible now. Some of you might think it should be. It's better to pass kidney stones than to marry a man who is narcissistic, self-centered, and a lazy jerk. And all the women said, all right, we're, coming, we're getting somewhere. Just getting some feedback. <laughs> And so, you know, this whole series is going to be around relationships, whether you're single, whether you're dating, or whether you're married. It really doesn't matter because we're going to learn that how we see marriage is going to determine how we're single, and how we date, and how we're married. So there's three specific... I'm getting nervous up here. Woo. There's three specific goals for this series, that singleness can actually be a gift that we can be single in a way that honors God. If we're dating, we want to date in a way that honors God. If we're married, we can be married in a way that honors God. That's the three specific goals for the series. I'm going to answer practical questions, specific questions that you might have, not just a bunch of religious chat. We're going to try and get a little bit more real. So a question you might have is, how do I find the right person? Do I swipe the app? <laughs> do I go into church and look for the ring finger? Or do I church hop? Or is it just the church I can find the right person? Um, do I go to a club? I've, done, I've tried them all. I've tried all those things. Um, no, we're going to talk about something which is much more important. I love this. I absolutely love this. It says, how do you... Not about how do I find the right person, but how do I become the right person? Well, why, Phil? Well, that, that, that's kind of a cop-out. You're not really answering the question. Well, I would argue we, I am. Because what's this? And the world has hijacked this. Some people have hijacked this with the law of attraction and all this kind of stuff. But in reality, you don't just attract what you want. You generally attract what you are. The birds of a feather flock together. You generally attract what you are, your type, your standards. That's why if you're insecure and you don't value yourself, guess who you're going to attract? Someone very like you, someone very much like you. It's not going to end well. And so if you start to focus on who you are, what you believe, there's a good chance you're not going to stand for something less then what is valuable if you value yourself? Can I get an amen? Little hook for next week. Next week we're going to deal with the three qualities we need before we're married. So that's next week we're going to deal with that practical question and try to understand that. So one, how we see marriage shapes how we approach relationships. How we see marriage dictates the full picture. 
And so that's why it's important that we can kind of maybe restore some of our ideas of what marriage is, especially if we've had a bad experience. A lot of people see marriage today as just a contract. It's just something where you just sign the dotted line and, and we commit to, and you better do this, and if you don't do this, I'm out. And I think the problem with a contract is this. When you sign a contract, it's often with a building contractor. Why? <laughs> Why do you sign it? So they do the job. So they don't skip anything, or if something goes wrong, you're calling them up and saying, no, no, legally you have to do this. And if you don't, we're done. And I want my money back. So it's actually based on a mindset of distrust. Because I don't trust you, I need you to sign this so that you don't run away. And so that's not a good basis for any marriage. That's not a good basis for any relationship because it actually combats against trust. It says, this is what Jesus says in Matthew 19, and he defines marriage. He says, Matthew 19, verses 4 to 6, Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man will leave his, fa- his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let, nobody, let no one separate. See, marriage is from God, It's ordained by God. It represents God. A contract represents a mutual distrust. And so in the world today, what we find is people are now saying, in some ways I understand it, why why sign the contract? Let's just live together. Why get all serious when we could get all the benefits and just live together? And just roll. People are saying, why even bother? And and to be honest, in some ways I understand, especially if people are just treating marriage like a contract and just opting out when it doesn't work. Or or You can understand, well, what's the point? (laughs) Logically, that kind of makes, what's the point of us getting all all the drama when we can just kind of take the pressure off ourselves and relax? It says the percentage, some of the research has shown that the percentage of people uh, getting married today is becoming less and less. 80% of teenagers expect to cohabit and not really get married at all because of maybe experiences and culture and different things. Um, and I guess they're just thinking, let's split the responsibilities, makes life easier. Let's share the Netflix account. <laughs> let's split, split the chores, share the bed. Try before you buy. Heard that many's the time. Just going to try, put the, you know, the R plates on. Let's just try this thing. I'm a, I'm a learner. Just going to figure this out. And, and in some ways, in my mind, I can't, yeah, I'm confused a wee bit here. That kind of makes a wee bit of sense. Problem is, and now this is something when I was researching that really surprised me. Didn't they know there's such a thing? There's a thing called the premarital cohabitation effect. <laughs> Who would have known? There's actually been research done that when people cohabit together before they're married, literal research, go look it up on Google. Note this down. Look it up for yourself. They're finding those who live together prior to marriage are more likely, not less, to struggle in marriage. That's facts. That's on research. 
Because what happens is they end up just sliding in to relationships, sliding into more commitment without a commitment. They slide in to the DMs first. They slide into relationship of some kind of of some kind. They slide into hanging out. They slide into, hey, let's just get a phone contract together. They slide in to one day a week hanging out in the same house. They slide in to a puppy. Then one day, whose puppy is it? If they break up, they don't even know because it just happened. And before you know it, they've slid in, slid into a house contract, and then a baby pops out, and nothing was really planned. It just sort of happened. And those same people would probably say, but we're good people. We didn't mean to hurt anyone. We know. We, pro- we would all probably agree a lot of the times in that case, but you're still here in a situation that is now broken. You're fully entangled, but not fully committed. And so the problem with that is you're taking the pressures, you're taking the weight of a fully committed relationship, but you're not fully committed, meaning you have no foundations. You can't handle the weight. And they say the more this happens, the less likely you'll succeed. It's really not... Anything I don't think anyone would disagree with because when we build buildings, there's a process, it's rigid, and there's a lot. Has anyone maybe ever maybe bought a house or, or waiting on a house sale to go through, and you're going through lawyers, you're going to solicitors, you're just getting all these checks done to make sure that the banks want all these checks done, or maybe you're getting a new build and you're waiting on the foundations and it takes so long, the foundations have to dry the, 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 the plaster needs to dry. There's all this waiting, and, and part of you wants to come on. What, what's the problem? Especially if you don't understand how to build, or if you don't understand how to be a solicitor or, or an architect. You're like, what is the problem? And they're like, are you kidding me? This text, there's so many details. If we don't get the details right, you're going to have a problem later on. This might fall through later on. This might fall down later on. So, so really, we all really understand the principle because it's all around us. And the best houses that last are the ones which have all the I's dotted and the T's crossed that they've waited on the cement to dry before putting weight on. They've waited on the plaster. They haven't painted over the plaster while it was wet. It might be good for a day or two and then the bubbles start to appear. Wait. We can be fully entangled, but not fully committed. The moment you, you started to get fully entangled, but not fully committed, you start to decrease the chances of success in your relationship. Some of you might say, well, well I'm, I'm not kind of doing that, but I do have a drawer in their house. <laughs> I do store half my wardrobe in their house. Well, why, why is that happening? Really, what's happening there? This is really good. Really what's happening there is you're pretending marriage. You're playing pretend marriage. I'll spend a bit of time there, maybe a night there, here and there. and I get it, I understand it, convenience, all that kind of stuff. But you're kind of playing marriage. And the problem is, if you're playing marriage when you're together, what happens when things don't go away and you have to pick all your stuff up and leave? You're now playing divorce. You're practicing divorce. You're, you're, you're preparing your emotions. 
building structures where it's easy to leave. And then you get in the situation, then temptations build up. If you are married, then why, why, am I so, why am I struggling so much? I've been practicing for so many years. See, how you see marriage profoundly shapes how you approach relationships. A Christian marriage is not just a contract, it's a holy covenant before God. So let me just remind you again, no condemnation. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, man, I'm on. I've made so many mistakes. Listen, we're all, we've all made mistakes. No, this is to help. Let's get it right the next time. Or, or let's do some things right now to, to relay some foundations, some values. Okay? So keep listening. Don't be putting your head down. Just stay tuned. So, funny, I had a text from my mom this week when I talked about PG-13. It's like, now, Phil... This is going on YouTube. You better pray. Be wise. <laughs> Don't worry, Mom. It's okay. I'm just going to speak the Bible. That's it. If it's in the Bible, we can talk about it in church, right? Yeah? Okay. I'm good. I'm safe. So we're going to talk about sex. Are you ready? It says, men think about sex 19 times a day. Women think 10 times a day. So the question is, what else are women thinking about? Research shows they're thinking about food. 15 <laughs> times a day. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> so the question is, how do we live with sexual integrity in a culture of sexual brokenness? Well, it depends on how you define marriage. A Christian marriage is a covenant between a man and a woman for life. Scripture teaches us that the only kind of God, or, or the only kind of sex that God honors is inside the covenant of marriage. It's a high standard. It might not always make sense to our natural desires, our timing, our wants. This is God's way. It doesn't leave many options. Come on, we've all been that. I remember uh, being in a conversation like this in like a youth, young adult kind of situation around a church, I think it was young adults ministry, and obviously all the guys are like, so what, like, define that? <laughs> you know, give us something. All the, you know, just look, put something on the page, like, is it just zero? Can we go 20%? Maybe 30? Come on, where, where, where is the cutoff line? Everyone's trying to just go right to the edge. <laughs> But God's standards are so high, so holy, that we actually need His help. And we need His community, and we need His backup. We need everything to, to live the holy life God has called us to. And God's never intended to hurt us. He's only intended to bless us. Can I get an amen? It says in Ephesians 5 and 3, But among you there must not even, or there must there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. <laughs> a hint. <laughs> Standards are a high. So adultery, more than a hint. Premarital sex, more than a hint. Ah. But what about halfway, Lord? More than a hint. <laughs> what about even dressing down on Instagram for likes? More than a hint. 
<laughs> Standards so high. But it shows our need for God and His help. Now here's where we get confused. God is very pro-sex. But in some scenarios, if we don't talk about this and don't illuminate that, sometimes we get the idea that God's all, no, 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 no. Don't go here. Don't go there. Rules, rules, rules. That's one of those good, goody two-shoes people. We get that mentality that God, and we forget that God created sex. He's pro-sex. He speaks about sex. He's up for it inside marriage. So it's, God's not so much no, no, no. He's more, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the same way your solicitor is when he's building the house. Wait, wait, wait. The builder is, oh, wait, stop, don't paint. Over the plaster, still wet. Wait, wait, wait. If you don't do it right the first time, you'll have to do it twice. It says, now there's only kind of edgy verse I'll read out but it's the Bible, right? We're, we're there. Proverbs 5 and 19 says, May her breast satisfy you always. And may God bless the reading of His Word. <laughs> Song of Solomon, if you go to Song of Solomon, just go read the Song of Solomon. I'm not going to read it out now. Some people are sweating. It's like, what is going on in this church? It's getting very real. But my point is that God is for. He's not against. This is in the Bible to guide us, to show us. It's a gift from God within the right context. So as we finish off, as Dylan comes forward, Dylan's like, don't bring me up in an awkward point. <laughs> Says, I don't want to be going up with a red face. <laughs> I didn't succeed. <laughs> God wants to protect you. God wants to bless you. So where are you today in the context of relationships? Maybe where is the Holy Spirit convicting you? Maybe here's some scenarios and responses that you might have. Maybe some of you are dating, and you're just realizing, whoa, there's maybe some things we need to change. There's maybe some things we're not getting fully right, and we maybe aren't honoring God fully. So God's not a condemner, but he's maybe calling you today to change, just to move forward, to take another step closer, another step of trust, trusting him that he's actually just trying to prevent you from all kinds of emotional baggage and hurt and from not having to do it again. So maybe you could just apologize to God and just ask, God, forgive us for what's happened in the past. Help us to live your way in the future. Maybe you're, you're in here and you're unequally yoked and you realize this can never work. <laughs> I believe, they don't believe. Two cannot walk in agreement unless, or two cannot walk together unless in agreement. And I just got to 
I'm not going to settle for anything less than God's best. And so I'm going to, I'm going to just make the hard call. Maybe you aren't dating, but this may change the way you see relationships. So as, as you live as a single person, you want to honor God in the way that you live as a single person. Realize that actually all throughout the scriptures, the people who were most effective for God, who God used the most, actually were single. Jesus was single. Apostle Paul was single. Powerful people who lived a life of great impact. So don't be ashamed of being single ever. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And allow God to fill that space in a different way. Maybe you're in here and there's sexual brokenness in your life and seemed like a good idea at the time. The Bible actually says that anyone who is in, in Christ is a new creation. I've actually heard people say that they're a born-again virgin. Hey, we made some things happen in the past and just done my own thing, really. And, but God has purified me, renewed my soul. It's a new beginning. It's a fresh start. Maybe that's for you. Or maybe you're married and you're like, whoa, we didn't do it all right. Maybe it's just time to just turn to God and maybe pray and just say, God, we didn't get all right. We've done things our own way. But God, we're starting afresh with you right now. We're drawing a line in the sand. We turn from that. God, redeem, restore. Maybe you could get baptized again together. You could join a group together. You could hit the refresh button and start again. It's never too late. Funny, I was listening to Craig speak, Pastor Craig, and he, and he was uh, saying something I would vouch for. He says, sometimes when you pray together, you might start kissing more together. I actually think it's true. There's something in it. We're spiritual, we're spiritual beings at our core. We, want, we desire love at our core. And when, when, when that happens, I'm telling you, things start to fall into place. I honestly believe that. Maybe some of you need restoration in your marriage, but it, it looks like intimacy. You cannot love someone well without being... Love is impossible without intimacy. Impossible. See, praying together, that's an intimate thing. I challenge you, try praying together. Be vulnerable. That's why we don't do it in the first place, let's be honest, because you feel vulnerable. It's weird. Ugh. I challenge you, be vulnerable. And watch God align the rest. God's standards are so high, but his blessings are so worth it. God's standards are so high, but his blessings are so worth it. Marriage is not a practical arrangement. It's a holy covenant. Jesus actually likens the relationship between him and the church like a marriage says the marriage supper of the Lamb when God unites His people. It is holy, it is righteous, and it is good. He died for the church. He let His life down. Blood was shed. He loves marriage. He fights for it. God wants you blessed in singleness, in dating, and in marriage. But His standards are high and His blessings are worth it. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. 
I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.